Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you have been enjoying the show so far. Mads World has got more listeners than ever before so please remember to reach out to me and let me know what you're enjoying about the show and of course remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on your favourite listening platform and also follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at madsworld.mp3. This week I am lucky enough to be joined by Alita Bryden, creator, owner and curator of the iconic Facebook and Instagram communities Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia. These pages across Facebook and Instagram use humour and storytelling to empower people and are working to change dating culture in Australia. Overall, the Bad Dates channels have over 230,000 followers and Ali receives thousands of messages from people all across Australia who have found inspiration from the stories. She also works with Tinder as the Tinder Australia dating commentator and up next you'll hear our chat about enjoying singledom, dating trends, body positivity and just going with the flow while enjoying the ride. Hi, Ali. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm so buzzing to have you on the podcast because I have followed your Facebook page, Bad Dates of Melbourne, for so long now. How long has the page been running for? Oh, I think we hit our four-year anniversary, yes, I think in November. So, I mean, oh, a lot has happened in that four years and, and the page, I mean, every day we publish like the craziest stories yeah. and most romantic stories yeah. and most disgusting stories. So, I mean, yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's get stuck into our speed date question round so everyone can learn a little bit more about you and Bad Dates of Melbourne and what you're up to. So, do you want to tell me a bit more about how Bad Dates of Melbourne began? Sure. So for years, I was telling all of my friends my bad date stories, my horrors, my wind, everything that was going on in my life. And they were like, Ali, you've got to write a book. You know, it's so interesting. It's so funny. And then I thought one day, you know what? This is perfect for social media, these like funny little Mm -hmm. stories. So I started posting my stories. And then I think like a month in, people started writing in. And I thought, oh, this is like Mm -hmm. a collective experience, this bad dates thing. And, you know, it, it became all of Melbourne and all of Australia sometimes submitting their bad date stories so yeah it, it, it all came from tinder <laughs> dating. really yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and so it's grown to last time I checked it's about 230,000 people are now following the page or something oh I, well there's bad dates of Melbourne and bad dates of Australia there's Instagram there's Facebook um so yeah there's about 230 all up 
Um, wow. And, you know, it, it's a real community vibe despite the fact that there's 230,000 people. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I know all of the regulars there. They know me and they know each other yeah. and the conversation's good and respectful and funny and you can make comments without kind of getting an internet pile on. Like it's, it's, it's a good vibe there. I like to think anyway. A hundred percent. And I think dating is one of those universal things that everyone can sort of get around. Like whether you're in a long-term relationship or whether you're having a break, it's still everyone loves a good date story. And that's kind of why this podcast as well as well I think everyone everyone loves to hear it oh I couldn't agree more <laughs> so apart from Bad Dates in Melbourne um, I know you mentioned you've got a couple of other projects going on but what else is keeping you busy at the moment uh, I work in digital so that keeps me very busy but I'm also mm-hmm. working with Tinder Australia at the moment as their dating commentator which essentially means that Ooh. you know I'm um, if the media um, want to know some, you know, dating advice, they'll tap me on the shoulder and I'll provide, you know, what's happening in dating and dating trends and, you know, what's happening with ghosting or first date advice or all of that kind of thing. So it's really exciting. And, you know, I, I do this work for them with, with them, sorry, here and there. And I kind of go, I can't believe I get paid to do this. <laughs> yeah, that is like my dream job. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And like, even running Bad Dates of Melbourne itself, every so often I kind of tap myself on the shoulder. I'm like, I can't believe that people are so generous to write in and contribute and yeah. all of that. I mean, uh, it's really special to me. So I love it. You can probably tell I love it, but yeah, I do love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not, it's so nice. And it's so good to see there's just so much engagement on the page. And even when you're posting things, we can get into the into this a little bit later, but even when you're posting things that aren't relevant to dating, I think people are just so engaged because uh, because you're behind it and you're, you're the person sort of running the page. So it's really, really nice to see oh it's it's nice and like <laughs> I feel bad date to Melbourne like I was saying before it is a community and we all mm. know each other and it's very supportive yeah my next question is what social stigma do you think society really needs to get over you know I would love if people were a little bit more open-minded when it comes to dating others with mental illness mm-hmm. um, there's a real stigma there still unfortunately and I see it pop yeah. up time, from time to time on the internet and it just shouldn't be like that because, I mean, mm-hmm. mental illness, I mean, a lot of people have it. It's kind of so normal and I don't know. I would just love that stigma to be gone and for everyone to be a little bit more relaxed and open-minded and cool with it because it, yeah. it is It is. It is. It's fine. It's normal. It's cool. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that I would love. And, 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 you know, that's something we talk about sometimes at Bad Dates of Melbourne as well. Do you know what? I, I heard this really good quote about um, just mental illness and how we address it as society in general. And it's sort of like if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't just tell someone to get over it and you wouldn't just, you know, you'd go to the, you'd go to the doctors, you'd get a cast on it and you'd sort it out. Whereas if it's something like mental health and you have depression or anxiety or whatever it might be and someone says, oh, you know, can't you just get over it? Can't you just feel better? like you 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 should just go to the doctor and treat it in the same way that you treat physical health but it's treated so differently which is really strange but yeah I think that's really beautiful the way that you put it that it's 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 so normal to have something going on I mean especially in this day and age with COVID everyone's got their own stuff happening don't they oh absolutely I mean COVID Mm. was so hard on everybody especially here in Melbourne with all of the lockdowns and everything was so tough yeah Um, Yeah. but but yeah I mean uh, 
I, I think that um, Gen Z and millennials are a lot more open-minded about mental illness mm. than, you know, the generations above. So there is change happening, but I'd like yeah. it to happen a little faster. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What is something that you really resent paying for? Uh, my check engine light, I feel like it turns on like every second month. <laughs> it, just, it turns on all of the time. Yeah. And every time I could take my car to get fixed, I swear it turns on like two weeks later. I can't deal with it. It, it got to the point like during lockdown here in Melbourne, it turned on. I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm not driving anywhere. I'm not even going to look at it. So I don't know. It's it's off at the moment, but now that I've yeah. told you about it on this podcast, I'm going to go out yeah. there tomorrow morning. It's going to turn back on. It doesn't oh like me. Oh my God. This It's so weird you say that because this happened to me when I was home in Melbourne. My car just like chills for a year until I come home and drive it. And I figured out, I've t- I took it to the mechanic and then in the end he's like, do you know what? It's the light that's broken. The light just comes no. on. There's nothing. Yeah. He's like, no. there's nothing wrong with your engine. It's the light. And I was like, what is going on? That is, that absolutely messes with your mind. Well, maybe, maybe it's my light as well. I'd love for it to be my light. I don't think it is my light. It's my car. <laughs> Oh God! Would you go out with the male version of yourself? Oh my gosh! I was—I I don't know. Like I read your—I read this because you sent me the questions. I read this question. Yeah. I thought, oh wow! I thought I so would go out with a male version of myself in a flash. Really? Oh yeah! Like I—I I feel a lot of people say when they find a partner, you know, I want someone to challenge me, and I hear yeah. that, and I go, I can't be bothered with that. I just want someone to <laughs> to watch my Netflix with. We, you know, we agree on the yeah. same shows. We agree on the mm-hmm. same takeaway from Uber Eats and, you yes. know, I'd, I'd love to go out with the man Ali, uh, man Ali, <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? Manali. <laughs> Manali. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would love that. I think smooth sailing, like, I know people say, you know, opposites attract, but I actually don't know whether that's true. I think the more you have in common and the more similar you are, the better match it is. So, yeah, bring on man, man Ali. Yeah, I don't know if I would go out with myself. I think I'm a little <laughs> bit too... I don't know. The, I'm a bit too crazy, like, and jealous sometimes. <laughs> and I, I know what I'm like. I know in the beginning I try and be all cool and, like, playing it cool and, you know, trying to be, like, this edgy, cool girl that, like, guys like. But then as it gets down the line, I just become, like, a crazy girlfriend. So I just don't know if I would want to be a part of that if I was a boy. <laughs> you know, I, re- I reckon you would make you feel very secure and you, yeah. <laughs> dating you, would be your best self. So... <laughs> So true. I mean, guess we'll never know, but I would love to. (laughs) Um, And my last question for this round is what is the best date you've ever been on? Oh, that is such a hard question. You you know what? I think Mm. uh, it might be a bit of a funny answer. I've had a few dates that have kind of turned into friendships. So they Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily romantic dates, Ah. but, you know, I've made long-term friends. Like I've got one friend who I um, actually met through a Tinder date, I reckon, we had a date maybe like seven, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Yeah, and yeah. And we're, we're still friends and like nothing ever happened. Nice. But I mean, it, it, you know, it probably wasn't like a traditional romantic date. You know, there's no like fireworks and no like amazing first kiss or anything like that. But yeah. I mean, the thing with dating, like a date doesn't have to be romantic to be successful. It just has to be fun. So, you know, I think that worked out really well for me. <laughs> That's so true. And I think if everyone approached dating like that, as though you're just in an experience to meet a new person, make a new friend, or just have a new connection and learn something from someone else, it would be a better experience for everyone. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. Like, uh, I was um, talking to a few people um, recently about the fact that even though I was single, I still felt I was a really successful dater. And they were like, why is that? Mm. And I'm like, well, I have fun on my dates. I make yeah. friends. I go to new restaurants. Like, you know, they're low pressure. They're fun. So, you know, I mean, I might not have like I might not be walking down the aisle or anything, but, Mm. you know, that's not necessarily a sign of success either. Like, you know, I think having fun is just a a good goal in and of itself. Absolutely. And I guess like having a successful dating life is kind of, you can measure it in any way that you want. And if you're enjoying yourself and enjoying your time, then you're living your best life. Yep. I love the way you think. Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I thought for um, all of our listeners out there, it might be great if you could read to us because we we have a funny date section in this podcast where usually you and I would share a funny date, but I figured since you have so many great submissions all the time, you could give us a couple of one-liners that you've received through Bad Dates of Melbourne. I have got a few here. They're a little bit longer than one line, which I hope you don't mind. Um, I'll, I'll read them out to you. So um, mm-hmm. they'll be like, um, they're not from, you know, they're not my stories, obviously, but um, yep. I'm, I'm hoping they're not too um, risque for the podcast, but you can It's okay. Chop, we chop go, them out. We, cross, <laughs> we cross all kinds of lines on this podcast. I oh, think like good. the latest episode was a bit random. So oh, yeah, good. Go, go crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll go, we'll go with this first one here. So mm-hmm. it reads, I'm single and obviously always notice when a cute guy is around. I went to get laser hair removal at one of those big chain clinics. I had prepaid. As I was leaving, I noticed a really hot guy waiting in the foyer. I smile at him and catch his eye. Then the clinician called me back over and in a loud voice says to me, I just realized you had paid for the full Brazilian and I didn't do your anus. Sorry about that. (laughs) I didn't realize that you had paid for anus too. I'll put a note on the system to say we didn't do your anus so you can get your (laughs) anus done next time free of charge safe to say I didn't get his number oh my god (laughs) so not quite a traditional date but I mean embarrassing right like no one wants to talk about the anus in front of a cute I don't want I don't want to talk about my anus I mean not when you're trying to pick up a cute guy you just don't want someone mentioning your anus four times in a row in front of him you know no no, absolutely not that definitely was not handled well but oh my god it's still very funny (laughs) very good So this one is a this one's a classic. So okay, we we met, exchanged messages, and set up a first date at a gastro pub. Within the first ten minutes, it became apparent that this was a rebound thing. She spent about half the time explaining how intelligent, no, I mean really intelligent, her ex was, and that he was a great guy, but he just hadn't worked out. It was strange, but I rolled with it and spilled on my ex situation too. Drinks became dinner and conversation moved on to dating theory and the importance of compatibility. This led to even more ex discussion. Eventually, we were ready to call the night. I offered her a lift home. Halfway to her place, she spontaneously can't even say that right, spontaneously <laughs> told me that one of her talents was fitting her entire fist in her mouth, and then she proved <laughs> it. We're married now. <laughs> what? They got married. Yeah, it's very cute. What a twist. (laughs) I know. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Super, super cute, that one. I thought that was really adorable. That's really cute. And do you know what? Sometimes the weirdest dates that you go on when you like really find yourself opening up and like breaking all those like, you know, traditional first step rules like don't talk about your ex or don't talk about politics, don't talk about sex. Like sometimes when you do cross over those lines, it becomes a really good experience. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that story goes to show that like even if you're someone who's a little bit awkward or quirky or shy, like there's someone like, I, not everyone finds the one, but like there's yeah. lots of fun people to date, lots of fun to have. So there's someone out there for you that, you know, you could potentially be compatible with. So I thought that was a really nice, nice little one. So Such I've got nice one, one. I've got one more for you and it's mm-hmm. more of a, um, I say a general observation from a single person as opposed to mm-hmm. um, a date, but I'll read it to you anyway. Okay. I have an embarrassing admission. I've been single for quite a while now. Most of that time I've been living on my own and I've just realised no one has heard me fart in nine years. (laughs) (laughs) I don't audibly fart at work or in public and because I have no partner, my farts go unheard. I know it's not a bad date. I just wanted to tell someone because it doesn't feel right. (laughs) Perils of single life, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. People really open up to you on this page. It's so iconic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, they they really do and, every, you know, they're very generous and every time I go to the inbox I'm just like, wow. But I, I think like yeah. part of me thinks like, wow, these stories are so out there. But as someone who's actually like dated and is dating, they're actually mm. very realistic. Like we yeah. all we all have these like wild and crazy stories. So it's very yeah. normal. 
How many submissions do you get like on like daily? Oh, it really depends on the day. Mm. Like on a quiet day, like 15, the, the busiest wow. day the page has ever had. It was, it was, I did a call out on my birthday a couple of years ago and I think yeah. I got 120 in one day. Um, oh my God. But, you know, people don't just send in stories. They send in like chicken nugget memes and jokes and things <laughs> that they've seen. And I get, um sometimes I get like updates from the people who've written the stories like you know I've just got married and here's my wedding picture I just had a baby I just had a tinder surprise I just had you know all of these lovely little updates I got some nice wedding photos yesterday and I can't I can't publish I don't publish those and yeah I I don't have permission and I'm you know they're just for my eyes only but you know it's really nice like it's 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 nice that people think of you um when they see a chicken nugget meme or you know they want to share their (laughs) wedding pictures it's really really beautiful and really touching so it's 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 so cool it it really is like such a wholesome community. It's just, it's unreal. It's it's not like anything I've I've ever seen in like this dating realm because it's very, I mean, a lot of dating, um, you know, blogs and that sort of thing. They can they can foster quite negative attention sometimes as well, and people, you know, not being cruel to those submissions and that sort of thing. But I feel like your your audience is just they have this really nurturing and loving sort of vibe to them. I feel the same way. And I mean, mm. all credit to them. They're, like, they're really, they're really nice, supportive people. Like I was um, saying to someone the other day, I feel like I have a cheer squad in my pocket, like sitting, living in my phone, yeah. all of these like <laughs> incredible people. It's <laughs> not incredible people living in my phone. Um, but yeah, the vibes there are, are really good. And I think also because um it's local, like most, not all, but m- most of the stories, unless otherwise marked, are, are mm. in Melbourne. So, you know, we're talking about people in our local community. And I think when you realise, you, you know, you could be talking about your neighbour or the person down the yeah. shops or the person you work with, it has that sense of, um, you know, neighbourhood community and it kind of makes it a little bit, it's, it's anonymous, but it feels a bit yeah. less anonymous when you know that it's ha- happening locally. So you're probably a little bit kinder than you might be in other places on the internet. So true because it's right next door. So you did a great post about being single on Bad Dates of Melbourne recently, which I really loved and I really connected to it. So it was in response to someone asking why you're single. And I just wondered if you could tell me why you're single here and, and hopefully share with our listeners a bit of positivity around it. Ah, oh, yes. Um, I, I love that post too. Um, Mm. I feel really happy and positive about being single because for me being single is about having opportunities, having hope, having freedom, freedom to decide Mm. where you live, how to live your life, what you're going to have for dinner, you know, where you're going to go (laughs) travelling, so much stuff. You know, you can go dating, flirting, there's just so much to do. So I feel like this idea like traditionally that like, you know, single people are, you know, left on the shelf, single people are yeah. alone, going to die alone. I mean, it's just so dated. It's not really like that anymore. Um, yeah. or, you know, we have so much um, independence and, you know, it, it's a really exciting time to be single and live your life. So, I mean, yeah. I, I I really enjoy it and I, I, I like to talk about that as well because, you know, there, there should be more single love out there, I think, because um, there's, there's so much focus on um, shacking up and partnerships and, you know, when the movie ends, it's when they get married and they live happily ever after together and that's mm. that. But, I mean, we have so many ways to live our lives. You know, some people, they get married, they get divorced, they have more than one relationship, they might be single 
forever. They might have more than one partner. Like there's more than one way to live your romantic life. Um, And, you know, I kind of want to take away that feeling of like failure if you're doing anything different Mm. because it's it's not a failure. It's you expressing yourself and being yourself and being your most authentic authentic self. And, you know, I think that's wonderful. I just love that so much because I think at the moment I'm single. I've been single for about a year. (laughs) And I've finally gotten into my groove. Like I'm just – I'm loving it. Like I can literally do whatever I want. Like I've got yep. no kids. I've got no <laughs> husband. I've got no boyfriend. Like if I want to get Deliveroo, I will. If I want to yes. go to a gig, I'll go to it alone. <laughs> like if I want to like go to an art gallery, I can go. And also I find that you nurture your friendships a lot better because mm. I'm someone who does get sucked into relationships and like that becomes my whole world. And it's something I do try and work on. But yeah, I feel like at the moment um, I've got a friend going through a breakup, you know, friends around you are going through things and you can be there for them and you can sort of nurture those friendships and you get so much out of it when you're single. And I mean, you can do that in a relationship as well, but at the moment I'm finding I'm just thriving and I'm just loving it. <gasps> I love everything that you have just said. Um, the two parts, <laughs> the two parts that I really loved is one mm. that you go out and do things by yourself because yeah. I mean you can go out and get a coffee by yourself, you can go to a market by yourself. I've gone traveling mm-hmm. by myself. Like I think for a lot of a lot of times, well, for a long period of my life, I would be like, oh well, I, you know. I'm going to wait for a partner to do this. I'm going to wait for a friend to do that. And now I'm like, nah, pick up, do it myself, press go. Um, Second part of what you said that I absolutely loved um, is that single people are actually really connected to the community around them. I think think it is more so than people in relationships. So this Mm -hmm. whole concept of people, single people being alone and everything, and, and, and I know that some people do feel that way, so I don't want to take away from their feelings but single people Mm. can be very connected to the community around them and we make effort to see friends and we make effort to connect with our families and we actually live really fulfilling and fun lives (laughs) yeah it's so nice and I think there's there's something to be said as well for when you do things alone it doesn't necessarily mean you're alone like if you go traveling alone Mm. you will just meet so many people and you will like you'll be more willing to open yourself up and just throw yourself in the deep end and you know chat to random people or whatever even at like the coffee shop if you go you just chat to the person next to you like you're never actually alone yes I couldn't agree more and and Mm. you make so many friends because you're putting yourself out there and doing stuff and I I feel for me like when I've been in long-term relationships you kind of spend a lot of time on the couch watching TV with your partner and you stay at home mm-hmm. and, and that's nice. Like that mm. is nice but, you know, you know, getting out there and connecting and seeing the city and doing things, I mean, that's fun. That's really fun. So much fun. What do you think are the best trends that have come out of modern dating? Ooh, for me, I think it is, it's a real simple one. I think it's the freedom to meet people in your own time. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like dating 15 years ago, you would go out on a Friday or Saturday night, you mm-hmm. would meet someone on the dance floor, it would be between like, you know, 11pm and 1am and that <laughs> was like your little window for meeting people for the week and if you didn't yeah. meet anyone in that tiny little window, you weren't meeting anyone for the rest of the mm. week. Um, whereas now, like, you know, on your lunch break on a Tuesday, you can pick up your phone, have a look at Tinder, see Mm. who's out and available. You know, if it's a Thursday night, you want to go out the next night, you can jump on an app, Tinder, whatever else, and, you know, find someone to go on a date with. So it's so much more like 
freedom and flexibility. And for me, it's kind of like taking control of your own romantic life in a way. Um, yeah, definitely. Because like, you know, I'm, I'm 37 now, but when I was dating in my early 20s, it's like mm. there were less options for you. Whereas now, yeah. you know, you can meet more people that are more compatible with what you're looking for. So, you know, I love that. Yeah, that's so cool. I never would have thought to say that. I think probably because um, I'm in my late 20s now and I think it's Tinder and like dating apps and the internet is something that we've always had. And you don't sort of think like, yeah, you don't sort of think that like how lucky we are that, you know, you can pick up your phone and just chat to whoever. And yeah, like you said, take control of your own dating life. I think that's so cool. Oh, it's totally empowering and, I mean, mm. I, I love it. I, d- I just love having, like, the the freedom to just meet people, um, you know, on my own terms in my own time and, and I really like that. Yeah. And what do you think are the worst trends to come out of modern dating? Uh, look, for me, look, I, I love Tinder and, mm-hmm. you know, there have been times in my life where I've hit it real hard um, and mm. gone on lots of dates and it's fun um, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, got to stay balanced with the rest of my life but you know catch up <laughs> to everything else yeah um, but you know you can definitely do that but you know you've got to you know be mindful of that at the same time because you know there's a lot of fun to be had and a lot of people to go out with but you know there's other things in life as well so you've got to you've got to do that too <laughs> yeah so you think finding balance is a challenge I think so I think I, th- I think so but I think I think that's not necessarily just dating apps I think that that's all love and romance um we have mm. like such a massive focus on pairing up and finding a partner and finding a boyfriend or getting engaged or finding a husband and kind of going along that track that it's really easy to forget to take care of yourself or your career or your hobbies I mean like uh, you know when was the last time you well you've got an amazing podcast but like you know when was the last time you sat down and like focused on your hobbies and yourself as opposed to like you know, dating. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love, I absolutely love dating, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I love meeting people and connecting with people, but I like doing that as part of my life, you know, where I'm doing lots of other things as well. So yeah, it's all, all, all balanced. <laughs> yeah. And this is something I sort of come back to on this podcast a lot. And it's how I like to look at my life as though it's one big pie. And so like you have all your different pieces of the pie. So you got your friendship slice, family, friends, dating life, hobbies, work, and you you have to try and find a balance to make them all equal. And I think I'm someone, as I said earlier, when I get in a relationship, that can take up too much of the pie. And like if I if I haven't seen my family in too long or I haven't been home to visit Australia in too long, then I need to like reach out to them and like stay in, remember to stay in touch with them or like plan a trip home. You know, you need to, it's like a juggling act. Oh, and it is really hard, especially um, when the relationship is new and things are feeling good. Like, yeah. I mean, like I, I've been there, like I've thrown myself totally in, but I feel like the older I've got, the more balanced I've gotten, the more like kind of chill I've got about the whole thing, which has been really nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like your attitude. I'm, I'm feeling that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as someone who works alongside Tinder, I feel like you have a lot of great insight on dating apps. So what are your red flags to look out for on dating apps when you're connecting with someone new? I always look for how enthusiastic they are. Like I want them to be enthusiastic when we're talking. And by that, I mean, like, I'll look at the conversation and be like, all right, 
I'm asking you all of these questions. Are you asking me questions back? Are you engaging with me? Who's leading this conversation? Is it two-way? Is it equal? Are you um, invested in this? Um, and, and, you know, the great thing about Tinder, for example, like you can actually just scroll through your conversation and have a quick recce and be like, all right, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've asked this person about, you know, how's your day? Did they ask me back? Mm-hmm. Like are they are they engaged in this? So um, that's probably a really big one. And probably the second big one is just keep your eye out for any any little negative comments or put downs because, you know, little put downs here and there, they're a sign of a bigger problem. So keep your eye out for them and be confident in acting on them because, you know, yeah. you should always trust your gut with dating. Your, your gut is always going to be leading you in the right direction. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think um, trusting your gut is the best thing that you can do because like, you know, you the best and like based on the past experiences you have with dating and the people you've gone out with and what you've learned, you can sort of trust your brain and your gut to lead you in the right direction based on your experiences. Oh, absolutely. Um, all of the time on Bad Dates of Melbourne, people will write in, they'll say, you know, this scenario happened. Um, I felt a bit funny about it. Um, what do you think? And my answer will always be the same, like trust your gut. I 100% back whatever you're feeling, I back it because yeah. you were there. You should trust it. You should be confident on, in it. Um, yeah. I feel sometimes we um, minimize our feelings or our experience with dating, which we shouldn't do. Um, your feelings are 100% valid, especially if they are regarding red flags. I, I, I will always back you if you are, um, mm-hmm. you know, wondering about a red flag or whether you should trust your gut. What have your experiences been like um, dating in the pandemic? So obviously in Melbourne, they had loads of lockdowns and in London, we had the same. It was kind of like we were swapping between being in lockdown and out of lockdown. And I was talking to my family and like whenever I was out at festivals or whatever, they were, you know, locked inside and it's all been a bit of a mess. But um, yeah, what have your experiences with dating been like during this time? You know, I feel like I, I used Tinder mostly to kind of connect with people while I was indoors because um, mm-hmm. we were indoors for a huge amount of um, 2020 and 2021. So mm-hmm. using Tinder was kind of, it gave me a feeling of normalcy, if that makes sense. Like yeah. just being able yeah. to talk to people, chat with people, flirt with people, um, yeah. not so much meet with people. Like I, I, I remember going on one date between lockdowns, which was such a treat. Um, mm. You know, the restaurants were open and everything was very exciting. But I mean, <laughs> a, a lot of it was just talking to people and connecting with people online. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was, really nice because I mean it was a hard time for everybody and it it was a time where we kind of we all had this shared experience it wasn't a very nice experience but it was a shared experience so you know it was um quite different and I I think what was um maybe not surprising maybe it was surprising um Mm. that people um instead of not dating, they would date on the phone or they would yeah. video, video date or, you know, when they were allowed to, they would, you know, go for a walk. So, I mean, there's that saying like, you know, love always finds a way and, you know, not that everyone, you know, Tinder or whatever is always looking for love. They're just looking for a mm. good connection of many types. Um, but, you know, people really did find a way to connect despite the fact that we were all indoors and I thought that was beautiful. I mean, like even me, like I hate talking on the phone and I got on the phone. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, um, it kind of connects with something.
something you said earlier about, you know, making friends through dating as well. Cause I think I was speaking to a few people through dating apps and then, you know, um, I don't know if I'm in Melbourne, you had that app house party, but you can like jump on and like whoever was in the app, you could just start a conversation. And yep. I started dating this guy, like we met on house party through a friend of a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And we just ended up having like a cool friendship and like we'd hang out, but it was, it was kind of this weird blurred line between like friends and dating. And yeah, I really just like, it ended and stuff, but we just, I still have this really like fond fondness for this guy. Cause we sort of connected over the pandemic and like, yeah, it was just weird, but he's just such a nice person. And I feel like, yeah, I was more open to getting to know people as a friend because obviously we couldn't meet up. So yeah, it was a really cool, weird time. <laughs> oh, I know, and I love that. I mean, it's like what we were saying earlier with dating. Like, I mean, I, f- I feel like I rewind 15 years, people are like, you go on a date, then you date for, you know, two years and then you get engaged and then you get married and then you have kids and then you buy a hat or whatever or, you know, yeah. that's the journey you go on. And now it's like you might go on a date, you might find a friend, you might go on a date, you might go to a cool restaurant, you might go on a date and you might go, oh, that was bad. I'm submitting that to bad dates. <laughs> like, there's like, you know, there's there's more than yeah. one, one way to do it and I that's really exciting. <laughs> it's cool and it's sort of like um, also like you mentioned before, it gives you that nice feeling of hopefulness and not knowing what's going to happen. It's all It's so exciting because I think yeah, I don't know. For me, part of the reason why I moved to London was I wasn't ready to do the whole settling down, moving to the suburbs, having a kid. And I, I wanted that hopefulness and I wanted that excitement and I wanted to get out there and experience things. And I think, yeah, it's just so nice that modern dating has allowed us to do that. Oh, I I love it as well. So it was my um it was my thirty seventh birthday the earlier birthday. this week. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I was um thinking about it, and I thought if you had asked me in my early twenties where I would be at thirty seven, I would think you know. I would have done my dating thing. I would have settled down and be married with a kid. And it has not worked out like that at all. And I could not be happier. Um, you know, it, it's worked out really nicely. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Tinder and dating and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah I, I like being single. It's very, very hopeful. I'm glad you, I'm glad you're enjoying it too. Yeah. So nice. I've got one more question for you. Um, So this kind of goes out of the realm of dating, but you publish lots of fantastic body positivity content and people really engage with it and I've been really loving it. So what would be like your top tips to working on your confidence and self-acceptance? One of my biggest ones was I started following people that looked like me on social media. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is like, you know, tall and chubby, blonde women. Yeah, Um, And I, I don't know, like there's something about seeing people that look like yourself in the media that is really empowering um and for me I never really had that before social media became a thing because you know when you turn on the tv like people don't they don't look they don't look like me you know I'm I'm a bit fat and a bit tall and they don't really look like me so I really liked um you know following people that look like me on social media or look like you or you know however you look yeah um I also like um thinking about the reason why people make comments because you know we all get those little comments here and there about Mm -hmm. our bodies that Mm -hmm. we don't like I like reflecting on you know what is driving them 
to make those mm-hmm. comments, what they are trying to do to you when they make those comments. And it yeah. kind of has always given me a little bit of perspective thinking about, you know, what their agenda is and what it's meant to do to me. And I found that very empowering. I feel like that's such an empathetic way to look at it, especially oh, when obviously those yep. comments can be quite hurtful or, you know, you can take them really personally. But if you take an empathetic stance on it, and that's so powerful of you to be able to do that. Oh, well, I, I kind of look at them and I think, well, I feel like you're trying to push me down to pull yourself up. And I thought, oh, well, I don't need yeah. any of that. So, you know, I think when you're kind of ab- able to think about it like that, it makes it a little bit easier. Good on um, you. Yeah, that's so but cool. My third one is to um, read about diet culture and dieting mm. and, you know, um, how it impacts us as a society. I've followed some really mm-hmm. interesting um, Instagram accounts that talk about diet culture. And the mm-hmm. more I learn about diet culture and the impact that it's had on me, the more um, powerful I feel because I kind of, you know, I'm just, just done with it into the bin with diet culture. Um, thinking about things like, you know, words like guilt free, like I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, like, kind of like thinking about it as a culture. And I think when you, I think when you kind of realize the impact that diet culture has on, well, me as an individual or you as an individual, it becomes a little bit easier and you kind of go, oh, well, you know, I'm not to blame for this. This is actually something that's bigger than me and it's very invasive and, you know, quite quite big. So I, I think the more you learn about diet culture and, you know, the impact of dieting, because I don't like diets, um, the more powerful you feel. So I've got a lot of power from, from that and, yeah, learning about that. Oh, wow. God, I, I absolutely love listening to you speak. You have such a soothing voice. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, so, it's been so nice having you on the podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining. I think it's just been such a beautiful chat. And yeah, I feel like you obviously have this community for a reason because you've got so much to offer in terms of positivity with singledom and with body positivity and yeah just thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me oh no um thank you for thinking of me and having me it's been um really really nice really nice (laughs) i hope you enjoyed my chat with the absolutely beautiful ali bryden please let me know on my instagram it's at madsworld.mp3 or on my website madsworld.co if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share about the podcast love and elbow taps peace catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.